The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome. Glad to have you listening to the show. What a week it was. Hope you had a huge weekend. I know some people had some close calls. I do know some people that had some solid winners. Uh, and uh, we're going to get to uh, to uh, two great winners that uh, have been on the show before. One is a professional handicapper, Gary Johnson. Uh, he's seen the sport of racing from so many sides, uh, an accomplished trainer, uh, he finished seventh nationally, a number of wins uh, back in like 2000. He was a chart caller, a jockey agent, but now he's just a professional handicapper, and uh, he has just qualified again for the National Handicapping Championship. So we'll be uh, calling out on Gary. Now we're going to go all over the place. Uh, a couple grade threes that had Aqueduct, the Long Island Handicap, uh, that Churchill Downs, the River City Handicap. Uh, then we're going to go to Gulfstream Park West, say what? Yeah, that's Calder. And then <laughs> Gary's hometown, Thistledown, up by Cleveland. Uh, there's a r- r- solid, solid pick in there for anybody who wants to make a big play. And then I hope you got a chance to watch both days of the Breeders' Cup. And if you did, you got to see Jay Privman on there, the Eclipse Award winner. And uh, Jay's going to join us and kind of give us uh, his view of the uh, Breeders' Cup wrap-up. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, let's hit some... Uh, it's some uh, headlines, but before we do, I want to remind you that uh, 123 Racing Pick 6 is America's newest handicapping contest style uh, with a Pick 6 wager. Uh, 123 Racing is not like any other Pick 6. It's a $2 Pick 6 with a twist. Win America's most exciting wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the pool. All you need to do to play at 123bet.com, and winners are guaranteed. Uh, and this month, they're going to guarantee $100,000 in the payouts on the 123 Racing Pick 6. So play today at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Well, as usual, we are uh, expecting uh, the uh, uh, surprises at the Breeders' Cup, but one of the biggest surprises that we had was uh, the fact that Rosie Napravnik said she's going to retire from racing. After the weekend, and it turns out that Rosie uh, is pregnant right now, and she says she's going to start her family, and uh, it's kind of going to start a new career. Of course, uh, her her husband is a trainer, a former assistant to Mike Maker. Uh, he launched his own stable in September. So uh, while Rosie says uh, she's retiring from the sport, I'm willing to gamble that uh, she will be back sometime. We know a lot of uh, female riders that have stopped to have children and have returned to the saddle successfully. Of course, Patricia Cooksey, who's close to me, comes to mind right away. I uh, hope you got to watch uh, both days. Like I said, uh, we just saw Jay Pribman. You also got to see a lot of uh, Matt Bernier, who was our handicapper on Winning Ponies last week. Uh, Matt made quite a few appearances. He was playing in the uh, Breeders' Cup betting challenge. Going into the last race, they interviewed him, and Matt was in first place. And as you recall, on this show, he said he liked Candy Boy. He he thought it was Candy Boy's day to to get it done. And I guess he might have had a good portion because he ended up finishing sixth. But that sixth-place finish gave him enough to donate $61,000 to the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, pretty uh, magnanimous uh, on uh, the, the Daily Racing Forum's part and certainly on the part of uh, the, the DRF and Matt, Matt together. Just a great effort. Um, going to check some uh, some 
uh, numbers here and uh, see what's coming up before we get uh, get to our guest. Uh, we hope uh, Mike Luzzi's okay. He was injured in an aqueduct uh, paddock incident. Uh, they say that he uh, broke his left tibia in two places and his pelvis in five places and was taken to the medical center. They're not sure when Mike will be able to uh, come back. Uh, no great surprise out in uh, Santa Anita is that... Uh, the leading trainer and Jackie. Go ahead and take a guess. Yes, the leading trainer was none other than Bob Baffert, and the leading rider was uh, one Rafael Bayarano. So uh, I congratulate to both of them. I know they both had big days. Um, Rafael, I can say that I had the chance to uh, see him win his very first race in Cincinnati, and uh, he was a very, very humble guy. He didn't speak much English back then, and uh, now he uh, made his way to the big time. When I, when I first met him, I was told, you're, you're going to be meeting the new Rafael, I mean the new Edgar Prado. Of course, they both graduated from the Peruvian jockey school. So, uh, I, you know, everybody thinks that, uh, you know, their, their kids um, – going to be the, the, the biggest new thing. Well, as it turns out, uh, that was the fact with Rafael Bayerano. I couldn't, couldn't be happier for him. So uh, the two of them took off. Well, I guess uh, the question of the day is, what did you think about the finish of the Breeders' Cup Classic? I'm really looking forward to getting uh, Jay Pridman's uh, take, take on that for sure. Um, I understand that... Uh, I'm trying to get through to somebody that, that called and used the Winning Ponies product. I believe our producer, Michael, is trying to tap into him uh, right now. And this guy actually sent me the photos of his tickets. And uh, it was uh, pretty darn impressive of what he did that afternoon. And I hope we get a chance. There's rumors he's going to call in, and I do hope that, that he does. Uh, well, what a day, too, for Tappet. Uh, Tappet uh, on Breeders' Cup Day became the single uh, single leading sire in North America, and he still got to go to the end of December. Uh, his horses are just winning left and right, and that certainly had a huge uh, impact uh, on, on the, uh, the sales coming up of both at Phasing Tipton and the Breeders' Cup. And my producer's telling me that we do have our, I'll call him mystery caller. We're just going to call him Mark for now because I don't want his relatives knocking down his doors. And uh, Mark, are, are you with us? Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, Mark, uh, I've found out through some people at the station that uh, you used our Winning Ponies products at the, at the, the two-day Breeders' Cup event, and it, it turned out to be uh, quite an event for you. And uh, you, what you, you told me, we talked off the air, is that uh, you actually considered yourself that you were a horrible handicapper, and uh, what you did was use the tools in front end and just got out of the way. Kind of capitalized the two days for us, if you would. Yeah, I, uh, that's correct. I'm, I may be the world's worst uh, horse handicap. So what <laughs> I did... You weren't this weekend. I decided I was going to put together a pretty good monetary plan where I put uh, equal amounts on wind, to trifecta, and superfecta uh, using the handicapping winning ponies. And uh, came up with a plan. I worked, worked my plan and got a little lucky and made a big score. Two days in a row. Now, uh, you said that maybe you tweaked it a little bit on Friday and that might be kicking yourself for that, but Saturday you were all in and you had a humongous ticket. Yeah, on, uh, on Friday... We ended up hitting the fifty cent pick five, which paid us seventy seven hundred dollars. We hit a five dollar pick five, and then uh, we also hit the pick six. And while the tickets were active on Friday, we stopped betting into the races into the last race or two because we knew that uh, we we're about to make a big score. But in hindsight, we should have just kept betting flat amounts on every race. But nonetheless, but well, you learned your lesson, and, and, and these were your words. You just said, "I learned to just use the system and get out of the way." Now, did, 
tell me, is this true that they actually ran out of money on Saturday and couldn't pay you? They did not have enough cash to subtract to pay me. That is correct. <laughs> well, I told I'm the sorry, audience before you came out, too. You, I have seen the pictures of your ticket, so this is not some kind of bogus testimonial. This is the real deal. What, what a great feeling to be able to turn around to people and say, sorry, folks, they ran out of money. Well, the best part about it is I had some family with me at the track. And if you remember, this was the race where Bob Pitt came from dead last in the race with 300 yards left and uh, ended up winning the race. Then there was a photo finish, which kind of felt like a scene out of the movie Let It Ride. Just let the little guy win one. Absolutely, yes. And in that race, you beat me because I was all in on no, nay, never. But it's another one of those kittens that got up and scratched my tickets apart. Well, that, uh, that was one of the most grueling photos. They say that a uh, picture's worth a thousand words. In this case, a picture is worth $300,000. Because if no, nay, never does not hang on for second and undrafted comes second, we would have only had the win as opposed to all four spots. Um, because what we did is we just got out of the way, used the winning quality sources, and after reading some of the articles on the website, we just bet uh, the top three selections in first and second place, and then the top three plus another five selections in order in the third and fourth place. So we ended up getting... The win, the exacta, a $50 trifecta, and a $25 superfecta. And the superfecta paid $9,500 for the $1 ticket. And oh, man, that's a day every horse player dreams of. Well, listen, my producer, Michael's telling me that I'm up against uh, our out here. But, Mark, I want to thank you so much for sharing. And do me a favor. After your ticket's clear and you get everything done, would you send those to us at, to, at Winning Pony so we can post them so everybody knows this is not a bogus conversation? Absolutely. I'll have them up there for you shortly. Thanks a million. That's a great, great story. That's Mark from Florida in a few minutes we're going to be talking with jay from california that's a clips award winner jay prisman you're listening to winning ponies the opening kickoff is a beauty it's a fly ball deep right field that goes o'neill he's a tough shot got it with 2.8 High school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. (laughs) 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and uh, back with me, one of my favorite people in racing, Jay Privman, uh, who uh, kind of uh, took us through two days of uh, the, the top racing in the world. I was a very, very lucky man. I was farm sitting for some friends. I got to get off to the track early in the day on Friday, get all my bets down, get the, the animals fed, the horse turned out, the chickens taken care of, and got to sit in front of a flat screen and for two days enjoy watching Jay Privman take us through the Breeders' Cup races. Jay, you did a great job. Oh, thanks, John, very much. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I really did have a good time. I was, I was out, way out in the country in Kentucky. I was all by myself, which was great because it really gave me a chance to kind of absorb things. You know how sometimes when you're in the press box and things get busy and you're really trying to want to watch a race or hear the race caller and there's just too much going on. And it, was, it, was, it was so nice to be in solitude and to just take it all in. I'm sure, yeah. I, I I was telling some friends of mine at the end of the weekend. I really don't feel like I, had, at that point, digested the all the races because you're just so focused while you're there on getting from task to task and one race after another. You don't really get a chance to kind of sit back and digest what happened and, and look at the re- multiple replays of the races and really analyze the charts. And so I, I understand exactly what you're saying about how it might might be nice to just sort of be able to sort of take it in from that standpoint. But it was certainly uh, an enjoyable weekend, and I was very happy to be there. Now, Jay, I have to ask you, you know, I didn't bother you last week at all because I, I knew that there's, there's, there's a lot of show prep that goes involved. Obviously, you know, everybody felt really bad about the fact that, uh, that Bob Neumeyer uh, had the uh, situation that he had uh, up in the Boston area, of course, uh, he was no more partner with Mike Battaglia. So you had some new players in the game and everything. Uh, was, was, did it make the, the show prep a, a little bit different this year than years past? Well, yeah, I mean, everybody had to pick up some of the uh, extra responsibilities for, for Numi, but, you know, more significantly, everybody was just kind of... Uh, I was just kind of shell shocked over the whole situation with him, and it's, it, we found out about it on uh, on Wednesday, and it just really kind of uh, I think impacted everybody and cast a little bit of a pall over the uh, over our production, just because you know this guy everybody really likes and has been a major part of the of the of the telecast for years, and it's just it's kind of hard to reorient yourself uh when when that happened so um it, but it, it was just a different kind of the preparation was just different because you sort of had that uh, hanging over you and, and just wondering what's going to happen to a colleague so that that was kind of the, the difference i think more than anything well you you guys did, did a good a, a good job because it didn't really show on air and I'll tell you what I was also impressed with uh, one of your new colleagues uh, if I can call him that and that's uh, uh Matt Bernier for somebody that's uh, only about 26 years old he's kind of new to the scene he came off pretty good on the air and didn't do it too bad I see that uh, your friends at the Daily Racing Forum donated 61 grand that he made in the uh, Breeders' Cup betting challenge well he's he's a terrific handicapper uh you saw that when he was on the uh, the reality show that he was on, where he, where he did so well handicapping, and that was why the racing form snapped him up. And he's uh, you know he's he's very telegenic. He's got a great opinion, and you know the proof is in the in, is in what he did in that tournament. I mean, that's you, you can't fake your way through that. Uh, and uh, he had a great weekend, and I think it was. You obviously, a, a race, since the racing form helps sponsor the those betting tournaments, you can't really have him playing. It's just not fair to the other players for him to play for for his own money. So I thought that I thought the way it was handled, which was to give him a to let him play and see how he does. But it was known from the start that whatever he won was going to be donated to the thoroughbred aftercare alliance uh, was a great way to do it. And then for him to do so well and to make to have such a significant amount of money donated to the TAA just made it all the better. It was it was really a great 
situation all the way around. It really was. And uh, um, I have to tell you this, Jay, as, as a person that appreciates the, the, the sport so much and has seen it from a lot of different sides, I really enjoyed Friday and early Saturday, and I hope I'm not insulting anybody at NBC, but I really enjoyed it until it went on national television more, to be honest with you, because it seemed more player-oriented. Uh, there were more, some, some of the side stories, uh, you know, even things like, you know, Old Friends and the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance and some of the great features that, that, that uh, you guys at NBC Sports had produced. Uh, they were just fantastic, and I think there was a lot to learn from there, and there was a lot more horse speak. Uh, and then all of a sudden when we kind of switched over, I felt like I went, uh, I don't know, to Barnum and Bailey Circus or something, you know, and, and that and the fact that we only had one race to go on and, and they didn't go back to some of some of the other super storylines that I thought were, uh, you know, developed over the last two days. I, I, you, you don't have to speak to that, but I, I'm just telling you that, that that's my opinion. You guys did a sensational job leading up to uh, the classic and painting a great picture and the excitement and the angles of, of, of all the other races. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm really happy with the work that we do there, and I, I think, I think it's uh, it's a great crew, and I, the the ratings were terrific for the NBCSN and the NBC shows all all around. So it was a pretty successful weekend. Well, you had some great storylines. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, the 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 Sentient Breeders Cup uh, Juvenile. If I'm saying that word, I'm probably wrong. I'd probably add. But the Disormo story, I mean, these guys are, are intense, you know, halfway through the race. And then from out of nowhere, uh, Kent Disormo, you know, brings the horse home for his brother, Keith. I mean, that was kind of one of those magic uh, Casey shadow moments. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I mean, it was, uh, you know, for those kids who you know, grew up in a small town in Louisiana, and one goes on to be a Hall of Fame jockey, and the other's been a successful trainer but certainly hasn't had the quality of the of stock of some of the big names in the game and to have that kind of an opportunity and then for them to combine and win the race i, I thought was just a great moment uh, I'm, I'm sure when they were kids growing up that was like a dream to win you know together oh we'll win the kentucky derby together or something like that and you know, here they are winning a, uh, a breeders cup race and, and now with a horse who Hopefully he'll go on and, and have a chance to run in the Kentucky Derby next year. But even even if he doesn't, I mean that moment in, on that day last Saturday has got to be a highlight of their of their lives to to, to win a race. Well, like that, that, that was that was a great storyline, of course. Uh, uh, Rosie surprising everybody, including her mother, about her uh, <laughs> re- retirement was a magic moment in, in itself. Also, well, it certainly was. I mean that caught everybody off guard, and it was just. Uh, it was great theater. I mean, it was it was just a, an, an incredible moment that I think everybody will will always remember. Uh, and, and what a you know, I think it's I think it's great that she's able to dictate on her terms how she wants her career to to play out and, and also her personal life and and for her to get the opportunity to to win that race with the horse that she had won the Kentucky Oaks with earlier in the year and and to have that moment with her mom, I just thought was 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 pretty special. Well, uh, now I want to get to that 800-pound gorilla sitting in the corner. I do believe that you have already stated your opinion in print. I know that I've been going back and forth with friends of mine in the racing industry, and I've kind of acquitted it to the fact that uh, if the Breeders' Cup Classic was was a $10,000 race at Belterra Park or name a track, that Bayern would have come down. Do you read on it? I mean, I just thought it was a terrible decision. Uh, I just think that you can't allow severe interference like that to to go unpunished. Uh, and it, it wasn't like it was a glancing blow. He severely impeded several horses. And I just thought the, the steward swallowed the whistle. Um, I wrote about it extensively right after the race, uh, not only my race recap, which... That's more of a report, but I certainly opined about it on Twitter and been asked about it a number of times since. And I just, I agree with you. I mean, if, if that happens in the first race tomorrow at, at Del Mar in a, in a maiden claiming race, the horse fears left and wipes out half his rivals, the horse comes down. 
Uh, and you, you can't call that race differently. And I thought their excuse for what, why they left it alone was didn't pass the logic test. They said that, well, they would have, that's where they would have finished anyway. But I, I don't know how you can say that. I mean, unless you can see the future of a mile and a quarter race from the start, I, I just don't know that you can, you can do that. So I, well, in, in particular, the players involved. The, I mean, number one, we know that Moreno would, would have been a major factor in, in, in the pace scenario, uh, which uh, Bayer got to dictate the whole way around. And, and if there was a horse to beat, it, it was shared belief. And the two of those took the worst of it coming out of the gate. It's almost like, okay, who are the two horses I've got to eliminate the most in here? And they seem to have done it. Right. I mean, I don't think it was done on purpose. I really don't. I think the horse. No, 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 no. I don't. But I'm just saying the way the scenario came up, you know, it's kind of strange. Am I? Okay. Well, go ahead. No, I I just think that, you know, uh, it just, it was something that it was drastic enough. I mean, you saw the, the, the boom, boom, boom chain reaction event it had, and we just don't know how that impacted the outcome of the race had Moreno had a clean break. I don't think Moreno was going to win the race, but I do think he would have certainly affected the way Bayern had to run his race. Well, I think that even dialing it back from that, I mean, he and to a lesser extent DE Day and most significantly shared belief just didn't get, they weren't afforded a fair opportunity in the race. And you know, it's different than just sort of a a brush that always happens at the start of races. I mean, horses bounce off each other at the start of races. It was the severity that, to me, uh, made it appropriate to have a disqualification. But the three stewards all fought otherwise, and that's why the numbers stayed up. Well, I'll tell you what. I've read books shorter than the chart footnotes of that race. Yeah, you could tell that the the, the Equibase guys... Uh, in, in, in the in the way they phrased it, you could tell that they thought the horse should have come down too. By the the the, the, the way they phrase, they described the bumping at the start of the race in their chart footnotes. Well, uh, all, all I can say is, as always, it was an exciting day. We had some great angles. Uh, the writers should have a lot of fun with just a few of the angles. Uh, that we've touched on tonight, but once again, uh, a tip of the hat to Jay Pridman. Uh, you, you, you did a fantastic job, and I, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on with us again at Winning Ponies. You always take your time out. And believe me, it's always greatly appreciated, Jay. So I, uh, my pleasure, John. Okay, well, we've been talking with Eclipse Award winner Jay Pridman, who did a great job working with the Breeders' Cup broadcast. We're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies, and when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who knows how to play the ponies, and that's Gary Johnson, and he's going to the big dance. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a guy that knows a lot about winning ponies and from all sides of the sport. We've had him on before. Uh, his name is Gary Johnson. Right now, I guess we'd call him, he's had harder jobs, but right now he's kind of a professional handicapper. Uh, but as I told you early in the show, uh, he's he's been uh, uh, on all sides, and believe it or not, he's won 26 meets as a trainer, and that's up at Thistledown. And uh, he did win one at Mountaineer. Uh, and uh, back in the day, he finished seventh nationally in number of wins with 205 victories. Uh, he was ranked 13th in 2002. Uh, he's been a jockey agent, a chart caller, a handicapper uh, for racetracks. And right now, he's a very avid handicapping contest competitor. So uh, with no further drum roll, Gary Johnson... I don't think I have to ask you how you're doing. You've been doing awful good all year. Hi, John. Uh, yeah, uh, always fun to get on your show. By the way, that was a nice introduction. I don't know where you got all that from, but uh, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, those those are days gone by. Now, you the, the people that that listen listen to the show certainly they they enjoy the entertainment part of it. When I have people like Jay Privman on, uh, but a lot of them are players. We had a guy come on uh, during the very early segment and using uh, the the tools the Winning Ponies provides, uh, won close to half a million dollars over the two days of, of the Breeders' Cup. Uh, so, uh, as as a handicapper. And as a contest player, you have to make adaptations pretty quick because a lot of these contests, it's not like you're just going to, I'll just say, Remington Park and you're going to play seven of the races. I would say the majority of the contests you get in, you get a choice or you have to bounce from track to track. Explain how you adapt your handicapping to that. Yeah, that's a good point, John. Uh, by the way, I'm glad Mark don't play in this handicapping contest because it sounds like he's a huge. <laughs> oh, you did hear it, huh? Yeah, I did. That, that, was, pretty, that was pretty impressive. Um, but hey, yeah, I'll tell you what. I saw the tickets. He sent me photos of his tickets. This is the real deal. I mean, on one ticket, he won 298000 And it sounds like he could do a little damage to these contests, you know, because, yeah, it seems like he could jump out there and uh, do the big weight. <laughs> well, I, anyway, from what I understand, I just, I just uh, he had some greenbacks to support his uh, his efforts. So you know that makes a big difference. But again, going back to to the to the contest where they say, okay, you have to play three of our races, but then you have to play two here, two there, two there, or six races of your choices. Um, how do you, to our listeners who are maybe interested in getting a contest or play contests? Uh, how do you come to your decisions? Basically, John, when I walk into any contest that I'm going to participate in, uh, I know what I'm doing. Uh, I've got this little system. I never change my mind unless uh, mathematically you know, I'm eliminated and uh, the odds will call for it. But I, I kind of go in there knowing the race I'm going to bet. I prefect three handicap all the races. That, uh, I, my mental aspect of lasting is getting a lot better because I don't have those uh, six feet to change my mind and, and it keeps me more fresher. Now, as a trainer... You know that a lot of different things can happen from the time you walk a horse over to when they get in the starting gate. Uh, do you try to delay making your bets until you get a chance to, to see the horse warm up, or are you strictly making your decisions off paper? No, every time that I'm at a live contest, you know, that brings up this past weekend, before I make my play, I will look at the horse. I mean, that's a, that's a automatic with me. I mean, I've did it my whole life. So I always look at the horse, the animals, when they come on the track, and you know, um, which a lot of people know, you know, washing out a horse or a real nervous horse that I kind of lay away from. But it gives me a little bit of an advantage by being there in a live contest. Well, absolutely. I'm sure it, it gives you a, a huge advantage. Now, um, when, when you go to the races or you're in Vegas and you're just playing the races for yourself, you're not in a contest, how, how much different is that as to how you approach a race because in a contest you might all of a sudden look up at the board and go, "Crap, I got to beat these two guys." So in these last two races, I may have to zig when I wanted to zag. 
versus when you're just there to make money for yourself. Well, what's the, what's the thought train to that? That's, that's a good question, John. A couple of weeks ago, I played the Keeneland contest. I think it was about 20th, went into the last race. And uh, I was down to two horses, and naturally, I, you know, I did my mathematically, that's kind of what I pitched, how much money I would need to finish the top five. I think the Keeneland contest was top five. And I just bet the horse with a bigger price. I think I took a two-to-one shot. I bet 1700 to win. And boom, I blew by 20 people, you know, to finish second. So a lot of times the, the odds board will dictate your final play. I mean, you know, you have to be lucky. Well, you're more than lucky. You're good. Now, now what happens when you qualify, let's say, numerous occasions? Do you get to play that many cards in, in the final contest? Or are you able to bring your brother in or something like that? How does that work? Well, this, this year was very unique with the Breeders' Cup. I actually won six six entries into the Breeders' Cup. It was freakish, you know, things were just falling into place. And I was able to transfer five of them. And, I, you know, I t- took some partners in and, and transferred five of those entries, and I played one myself. In the NAC finals, for which is at the end of January, the $2 million finals, every contestant is allowed two entries and two entries only, and you play them in your name. So that's great. So you've got you've got five people that are really happy right now with you well, getting six uh, entries. They, you know, I tell you what, I went to the Breeders' Cup over the over the weekend and had the time of my life. John, I never picked so many losers. I got to tell you, you know, I I look back <laughs> at some of the races and I always try to you know after the race look back to see if I missed some, but you know, it just wasn't wasn't my time. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's take some of your time to, to talk about some of the races. As you know, this time of year with the Breeders' Cup gone, we've only got a couple graded races. We'll do one in each segment. We'll start out with a, kind of an interesting race from Aqueduct. Not sure what the weatherman's predicting up there, but we've, uh, we're looking at the Long Island Handicap, which is at the rare distance of a mile and a half. It is to be contested on the turf, and I notice that we've got a few European horses here. Uh, that don't seem to have any problem with the yielding ground in uh, Hellenistic and Danza Cavello, who I believe might be the slight favorite. Of course, that horse coming out of the Chad Brown barn, he couldn't be hotter. And then you got the horse that ran second last year, Tabreed, at 10 to 1. And two horses I think are very close to each other in, and I'll pronounce these wrong, Aguin Marine, a British bred, and a Brazilian bred by the name of Viva Raffaella. I think it seems to me like as evenly matched as these horses and perhaps others I haven't mentioned are, you look at this race and you say, where's the value? Yeah, you know what? You brought up a good point about these foreign horses. And, and I went into uh, California last weekend. That's all I was doing playing them. And, boy, did I get my butt kicked. But uh, normally they ship in on a turf and they're, you know, they're they're studs. But, I mean, I don't know what happened this past week. So I'm getting a little cold on them. But uh, you mentioned the aqueduct race, you know. And that mile and a half so many times the jockey's race where the pace makes the race. And uh, Viva Raffaella is going to have the lead. I don't know if she's good enough. But uh, I sure want to be in front of, in a spot like this you're thinking that perhaps Viva Raffaella can hold on? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she can hold on, but she's definitely getting the lead. And uh, and I'm going to go for the speed rather than take a shot on some of these foreign horses because, like I said, this past weekend, they kind of burned me a little bit. Sounds good to me. And like I said, if you like her, you got to kind of like uh, Johnny's V horse on the inside because uh, he's raced right close to her before, has had a nice rest, hasn't been out since Saratoga, and Christopher Clement is nobody's dummy, and he's coming off a bullet work, 5-1 to one morning line. Real quick, we'll move to a, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a new track, it's certainly a new name, it used to be called Calder, now it's called Gulfstream Park West, and they're having their Millions Classic Preview Day on Saturday. There's going to be eight stakes races, all of them worth $100,000, and there's a horse that absolutely jumps off the paper here because it's only raced against Florida Breds once, and that was uh, when it was a baby in the juvenile sprint, and it won odds on wire to wire, and this is a horse that uh, is no... uh, uh, a horse that people haven't heard of before, Wildcat Red, uh, is uh, coming back to face the Florida Breds. Uh, I think he looks like a standout in here. What about you? Yeah, you know what I'm looking at? I'm kind of looking at a pace pace factor here. And I, I think if, you know, he's probably, if he runs back to the right way he can run, he's going to win. And East Tall is going to be the horse to beat. Now, I know he beat East Tall 10 lengths back in June. But East Tall with this rider change last time with Luis Juarez jumping on, 
really showed some improvement. Juan uh, Leva been riding him, and I, I used to ride Juan Leva my last year training at Golf Street, but he loved to sit. And you can see Luis Suarez jumped on East Hall and really uh, pushed the pace a little sooner. So I think he'll be the main contender there. Well, he's he's my second pick. And something I pointed out, and it's funny that you went to the jockey angle, was the former rider of Wildcat Red was Luis Suarez. And he has yeah, decided yeah. to stick with East Hall. That tells you something. It does. And, you know, both of them are three-year-olds, but both of them are, are you know, really nice. So I, I think it's a two-horse race. Yeah, that's exactly what I put it down. I said, you know, being Florida breds, I'm surprised that most of these horses, the other ones, haven't raced each other that much. But uh, the, 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 the top two in here definitely are Wildcat Red and East Hall. And, again, this is the Millions Classic preview. So uh, it's a prep race, but it's still 100000 But they'll get a trip over the Calder Gulfstream Park West <laughs> <laughs> main tra- yeah. track and give it a shot. Well, anyhow, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're talking with Gary Johnson, and we're going to take a look at the other grade three race, the River City Handicap, and then we're going to go to his former home base where he ruled the roost for 20-some years, Thistledown. You're listening to Winning Ponies. <laughs> to the pros we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and we're talking to Gary Johnson, who's now a professional handicapper. Uh, he's, uh, like I told you earlier, done a little bit of everything in the game. Gary, i got to admit, or you've got to admit, it's probably a lot more fun doing what you are now than back when you were a jock agent and a trainer. Those, those are not easy jobs. Oh, they're not. And uh, just to put up with the people, you know, the, you got to have a lot of answers for people and the pressure. You know, this is, I'm doing my own thing now. I pick my own horses. And so I'm ahead of time of my life right now. Well, I've got to wonder, you know, because so many people come into handicapping from, from different angles. It's just got to be a huge edge because you spent a good portion of your life either looking for the best horse to get your rider on by handicapping or by doing everything you could as a trainer, reading a condition book, and getting your horse against the weakest opponents you could. That has to be a huge advantage, Gary. Uh, you know, I, I do think it's an advantage, you know, but, you know, the people in these contests, you know, you mentioned earlier, Matt Bernier, these people are good. You know, they live and breathe horses and, and handicapping, and at any, any given day, 
uh, it could be anybody's anybody's contest. But as far as consistency, you know, I pride myself being pretty consistent and always near the top. And and that's what I look for for the long range plan to keep on keep on playing with these. Well, it's got to be nice. I understand you're you're out in Vegas right now. I mean, uh, uh, do do you still call part of Ohio home? Do you have a home base? Is it Vegas? Is it uh, near Cleveland? Well, what do you call home these days? Home, home is Cleveland still. By the way, who's winning the game tonight? Aren't they playing football? Uh, yeah, they are, and I happen not to be able to get it here. It's the Browns and the, and the Bengals. It's the Battle of Ohio. So as soon as I hang up, I'm going to have to at least turn the radio on because uh, we're it's on in Cincinnati, but it's not on where I'm at. So I'm not sure who's winning yet. As a matter of fact, I think they just kicked off. But Cleveland is my home, John, and uh, you know that's the place I'm going to be. You know, for my final years, you know. Well, I know you got family up there, and that'll eventually bring you back. And you know what? You can still find your way to thistle down and get a bet down when you have to. That's for sure. I do. I love it too. Well, all right. Well, let's take you to uh, you know the mecca. Some people would call it, and other people would call it the mesa. The way uh, things have been changed down at Churchill Downs. Uh, let's go to the River City Handicap. It's a Grade Three, hundred thousand dollars on the line. Uh, you know, going into this, it looks like Dale Romans has a has a very strong hand, but there's no guarantee. Uh, some of the shine has come off Silver Max, who uh, would probably be the heavy favorite in here. And this looks like maybe a, a bet against race to try to, try to beat him. Uh, how did you look at it? Well, I mean, I'm, you know, he's definitely the horse to beat. He's definitely a big, big, big favorite and probably to the kind of control the, control the pace. But lately, I don't understand a horse. Is it, is it the same horse that seems to be off his game? You know, I was kind of looking inside for a bomb, the gentleman's kitten horse, you know, for a good trip and, you know, go for a bomb, a long shot. Uh, seems to be shipping around, and Mike Maker, you know, he's tasking around. You know, and the way, the way I look at it, too, I mean, he, if he is his old self, he should definitely be able to control it because most of these horses are kind of just off the pace or, 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 or closers. Um, I don't see too much, you know, unless, uh, you know, gentlemen's kitten pushes them or, uh, you know, villainry. The, the horse that I, I would be afraid of in here is Dale Roman's other horse, Guy's Reward. You got Corey Lannery up, who's really hot down there. I've been watching this horse since he was a two-year-old and ran second in the Cradle Stakes down at River Downs, and this horse is a stone closer. So if anybody at least attend to Silver Max a little bit, I'm kind of liking Guy's Reward in here. And you, you've seen it a lot where trainers will put two horses in there, and one looks like the stone favorite, and the other one's just kind of in there to keep them company. I think Guy's Reward's very dangerous in here. Yeah, again, you know, if the Silver Max isn't himself, I mean, we can go back. To, if if he runs, you know, what is capable of, he's going to win that match. He's going to go to the lead and win. But uh, if it does fall apart, Guy's Reward, I can't uh, can't knock him a little bit. I have about three or four horses left in there, and Guy's Reward definitely is going to come flying at the end. All right, well, listen, uh, my producer's telling me we got four minutes till we've got to finally uh, close this up. So I thought I'd bring you on home to a race that I think uh, you haven't been in Ohio. I have, and I've watched this horse, and I'm telling you what, Gary, he, he's he's one of the most solid Ohio-bred sprinters I've seen in <laughs> maybe forever, uh, or maybe since Ben's reflection. Uh, rivers run deep. This horse is solid. You've got to see him. He's absolutely friggin' beautiful. He's an Ohio-bred son of Reddy's image, and, and if you look at... The only time he stubbed his toe in the state, it was in the Cleveland Gold Cup, going long, mile and an eighth, against last year's Ohio Horse of the Year, Need More Flattery. And uh, not that I would ever suggest it, but sometimes those riders up at Cleveland don't always welcome the outside guys. And I'm telling you what, if you watch this race, it seemed like this horse kind of got played with and was forced to make his move early uh, in, in that in that route race and didn't get the job done. You, then he comes back, wins the Honey Jay, wins the Best of Ohio Sprint. Now he's in the Cardinal Handicap, six furlongs up there. you find anybody in here that can beat him? Because I can't. No way. I think he's probably going to be one of the when the smoke clears, one of the best Ohio birds to ever race. I mean, I can't, I can't name the last one at uh, Ohio Bread that won at Delmar, and this horse broke his maiden at Delmar. He's the real deal. 
Yeah, or ran third to ride on Curlin. <laughs> you know, I mean this. Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, as a three-year-old, the future is unlimited for this horse. I mean, I could see him. You know, and and, and I can tell you, as one who has been watching horse flesh for a while, he's an absolutely beautiful animal. Uh, he trains right down the road at Keeneland or the Thoroughbred Training Center and, okay. and just ships up. And he, they were smart. I didn't even know there was another stake on the Ohio uh, card. And I, just to tell you how much um, the, the, these races have been run consistent, I think you put uh, Dia Valletto, who was last year's sprint champion, who ran a game race behind him in the Best of Ohio, Underneath, and I'm going to say this quasi Foley, throw that race out. Rodney Prescott just about got dropped on him. Uh, he had to had to take him up. Had no shot in in the best of Ohio. You go back one race, he runs second. Two, Rivers runs deep in the Honey Jay. Those are your top three. But Rivers runs on top. Divaletto second. Quasi Foley third. And I, it's not often I give out a try straight, but that's my well, story, and I'm sticking to one, it. John. Pyrite Green's never been worse than third at Thistle. Right, right. Uh, he, he, he's, a, he's a horse for course. So uh, that pretty much rounds it out. And I uh, wanted, wanted to do it, uh, you know, at your, at, your, at your hometown right there. So uh-huh. um, I'm glad you had a great time at the Breeders' Cup. I uh, hope you enjoy yourself out, out in, in Vegas. And uh, maybe when it gets closer to the National Handicapping Championship, uh, we'll be able to, uh, to bother you for another half an hour here on Winning Ponies. Always available for you, John. I really appreciate it. All right. We've been talking with Gary Johnson. I want to thank him very, very much. Also want to thank Jay Privman, who just did an outstanding job uh, at at the Breeders' Cup. And uh want to thank our friend Mark, whose last name will remain a mystery, so all of his uh, family doesn't give him a call up for a loan. And as I uh, had talked to Mark, he, he is going to, after he cashes his tickets out or they get enough money at Gulfstream uh, to pay him off, he's going to actually post the tickets uh, that he got from using the uh, Easy Win Fig forms uh, from uh, Winning Ponies to show you that, yes, in fact, folks, uh, it can happen if you use the products that we have at Winning uh, Ponies. And uh, don't forget uh, 123 Racing Pick 6, uh, the newest handicapping style. You can play that, again, at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com, one of our new sponsors. We're happy to have them. So thanks a lot to uh, Jay and Gary, and thanks a lot to you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another episode of Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.